listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. May the Lord give you his peace. Sorry, it's been a bit of a delay uh, in the podcast here, but welcome back, everyone. And uh, just a word about uh, the recent readings from John chapter 15, something very uh very deep, very beautiful, um, Jesus talking about, I am the vine, you are the branches. And uh, he uses the word abide. Now, abide in me as I abide in you. Um, And this word abide um, becomes a really important um, kind of theme in the writings of John. So the gospel of John, that word is used uh, 40 times. And in first and second John, the so-called Joannine writings. And so just a word about that, um, that word abide. In Greek, it's meno or menaite. And then um, the Hebrew equivalent in the Old Testament um, had a really interesting notion. So uh, Jesus is really, uh, forgive the pun here, he's, he's in the roots, his roots are in the Old Testament. So there's a little vine and branches uh, pun for you. Um, you have this idea uh, with this word abide that it's always applied to God, that God is permanent, God abides, God remains. Only God is like the rock that we can can stand on and everything else is passing, everything else is passing, everything else is temporary, but only God in a relationship with God is uh, abiding or remaining. There's a beautiful kind of spiritual uh, meaning to that. And uh, anyways, I was thinking about our culture that we're in right now. And obviously there's just this thing uh, in our culture of just things kind of here today, gone tomorrow. So many things are passing, right? And for me, um, the greatest example of that is this app Snapchat, which is like one of the most popular apps with young people. And uh, if you want to pray for something, I'm trying to figure out a way to orchestrate to get some good solid Catholic content on that app. There's so much garbage on there and so many young people are getting exposed to that. So, but in Snapchat, you can do like a picture or like a video, send it to one another, almost like a text message. And then within, when the person looks at it, it disappears like within six seconds or something. I mean, such a great kind of example of where we're at in the culture, just how things just so, you know, um, just like a, a wisp of smoke, it's gone. And um, so to contrast that idea of just everything that's passing, everything that's temporary, everything that's just kind of um, not enduring, we have this idea of God being eternal, God being permanent, God you know, being the rock that we stand upon, this abiding, this remaining. And um, you'll see that particularly in some of the Psalms and in some of the prophets in the Old Testament. And so from that idea, Jesus uses that to explain the relationship that he's inviting us to in and through Jesus, the Savior, this abide, remain in me as I remain in you. And uh, there's so many different kind of nuances to that term in the Gospel of John. And um, I was thinking, you know, the place where this abiding, this remaining in the Lord, the place where this is most concrete is the Eucharist. And um, so I wanted to just give a little word about the Eucharist. Um, In John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me. 
And uh, obviously, what grows on vines? Well, it's grapes. So there is a Eucharistic undertone to this idea of the vine, where the, where the grapes for the wine for the Eucharist come. And then in John 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. My flesh is food and my blood is drink. Abide in me. He says it there. I think it's John 6, 56. And of course, any references to the bread is also the Eucharist. So between the bread of life and the vine, in this invitation to abide in the Lord, I think uh, John is giving us some very deep kind of Eucharistic spirituality here. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, I love that. And uh, when we go to Mass and we come forward and we receive the Lord in, in the sacrament, you know, his body, blood, soul, and divinity, the true presence of Jesus somehow mysteriously sacramentally present there in the, in the uh, Eucharistic uh, species, the, the bread and wine, which have received the invocation of the Holy Spirit and the transformation, or I should say transubstantiation, the change in substance. It is now Jesus. There's this abiding, abiding. And um, I just want to share with you a little story. Um, last weekend, I had the opportunity to go back to the Midwest where I grew up. It was the first Holy Communion of one of my nieces. And um, there was just a um, article on the website, alatea.org. It's a letter from a priest to his niece on the occasion of her first Holy Communion. So I, I kind of took that as a confirmation. And uh, if you look up at that article, which is really beautiful, there's a picture of a little girl. And uh, believe it or not, that's a picture of my niece. Uh, my, uh, my sister works for Alatea. Anyway, side note. But I was back in the Midwest, and um, we were there, got a chance to give a little talk on like a day of prayer to prepare the children. It's one of these huge parishes, like 100 kids, and uh, they were so excited and so kind of nervous, and they'd been preparing, you know, for a good part of the whole year, and they just had made their first reconciliation, their first confession, and uh, there's just a real beautiful you know, the, the weather was beautiful. It was springtime. And it was just something, if you ever had a moment when something was so beautiful that you just wish you could take like, a picture and like, let this moment last forever. I mean, that's what it was like. I was just, I just had this experience when we were there seeing all the beautiful children, you know, the little girls kind of dressed like little brides with their beautiful communion dresses and veils on and the young, the little boys kind of dressed very, very, you know, uh, beautiful with this this preparation and just this expression of reverence and faith and this joy that you can probably tell I'm, I'm struggling like I feel like I don't have the appropriate vocabulary to just capture and to describe to you how beautiful this mass of First Holy Communion uh, the reverence and the, just the beauty of all of that was just so wonderful and um so there we were, and uh, there was also uh, in my niece's class. There's this um, this set of twins, a little boy and a little girl, have been through a lot of struggles, and uh, I guess there'd been a situation with the family, and the dad's not in the picture. And about a year ago, the little boy um, had had some kind of strange brain aneurysm, and you know most people die from that, but somehow he survived, and he's little by little you know, making a recovery, and he was there in the front row, so there, there really was no dry eye in the, in the church to see them, and I had such an honor and privilege that when it came time for communion, he ended up coming to me, and I was able to be the priest who gave him 
Jesus, you know, for the first time. It was just such a, a beautiful and powerful moment. And uh, my niece was there. She was so beautiful. Her older sister had uh, fixed her hair. and It was kind of a funny thing with the veil and her hair, the way it was styled. It kind of reminded me of a bouquet of flowers. And that just really spoke to me. And uh, the children sit with their parents. So they come up for communion together with their families. And just the look of reverence and joy and beauty on the faces of the people, on the children when they receive Jesus. And then the, the look of... Uh, pride and joy and the teary eyes and in the faces of the the parents when they came forward and it was just such a, a delicate and beautiful and profound moment of grace and and I just can't help but think about these readings where in the bread of life and in the vine I am the vine you are the branches there's this invitation from Jesus abide abide in me as I abide in you this um, invitation that God is giving us to be in relationship with him, that uh, we would be in him and that he would be in us, this communion of love. I mean, there's no mistake that we use the word communion for what's happening there at Mass. How beautiful, huh? And I couldn't help but think of um, that story in the Gospel of Luke called The Road to Emmaus. So it's it's Easter Sunday and uh, two of the followers of Jesus are leaving Jerusalem, you know, Jesus had been crucified and buried, and they're on their way to Emmaus, and mysteriously the risen Jesus walks with them and explains to them about the uh, Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled in the Messiah, and then when they get to um, where they were going to go, Luke notes that it looks like Jesus was going to keep going, and they say to him, stay with us, stay with us, evening is drawing near." And there's that, um, he comes and then, you know, he does the prayer and the breaking of the bread and they recognize him, the breaking of the bread. Hmm, that's interesting. And he disappears from his their sight, but he's there present in the bread. And um, Padre Pio used to pray that prayer after communion at Mass every day. Remain with me, Lord. Stay with me, Lord. So there's that, that word again for abide, remain, endure, abide, and uh Again, the place where that happens so beautifully, so concretely, is in the Eucharist. In that moment when we receive the Lord, he's there in a real way. And uh, there's a communion of love, a uh, of, uh, communion of hearts that we're with the Lord. And um, we know that that is just a taste of what will be ours when we're on the other side, when we're finally in the house of the Father, which is uh, something we prayed in the responsorial psalm. You know, I rejoice when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We will abide. We will dwell forever. Heaven is forever. It's eternal. It's infinite. And it will never end. This place of joy, this place of peace, this place of no more suffering, no more death, no more sorrow, a place of happiness, a place of healing, a place of communion where we will somehow be partakers of the divine nature. We will be in within the communion of the love of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that communion of love, we are being invited into the inner circle of God's love. Isn't that something? And so when we receive Christ in communion in the Holy Eucharist at Mass, there's a foretaste, there's a moment, there's a, uh, the sacraments are like portals that connect us to the other side. 
this place where we receive the divine life, we receive his grace, we receive the working of the Spirit in our hearts, and uh, how beautiful that is. So this is First Holy Communion season. We've got these beautiful readings in in the Mass, and uh, we've got that beautiful theme in the Gospel of John about abide, remain in me as I remain in you. And uh, so we pray for that grace this day, and uh, may the Lord give you peace, and may he bless you. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans